Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. I have been working on this gigantic Tesla coil for a while now, and it's just perfect. This thing is astounding. I can't wait to show it off. I, I've been building Tesla coils for almost 30 years now. And one of the great things about a Tesla coil is it's made of many different parts. And so you can kind of take a, a part of a coil and, uh, and then hook it with another part of a coil. And uh, you can modify these coils for different purposes. And this is the most sensational one that I've ever put together. And I did it because it's going to be used on a television program next month in October. And uh, I don't think I can talk yet about what that program will be. But it's very exciting, and it's just a beautiful display of lightning that this uh, can produce. They're also very dangerous if you don't know what you're doing, especially the, well, the capacitor. But anyway, you know, I was reading a bit about Nikola Tesla, the great electrical genius. And here's an interesting quote from 1926 uh let's see here okay there we go nikola tesla some people say this was him describing essentially a cell phone in 1926 quote when wireless is perfectly applied the whole earth will be converted into a huge brain which in fact it is all things being particles of a real and rhythmic whole. We shall be able to communicate with one another instantly, irrespective of distance. Not only this, but through television and telephony, we shall see and hear one another as perfectly as though we were face to face, despite intervening distances of thousands of miles. And the instruments through which we shall be able to do all of this will fit into our vest pockets, end quote. Again, that's Nikola Tesla, 1926. And we're not quite to the instantly part yet, but we're pretty close, aren't we? We're pretty close. I think we're going to be instantly uh, very soon when quantum entanglement is applied to electronics and transmission and all that. But I find it amazing when you talk about the idea of, well, what he was describing, for example, there in 1926, that just seems like magic, doesn't it? I mean, uh, if you were in 1926 and he told you that, you'd think, well, if I saw something like that, that would just be magic. That's some kind of witchcraft. But now we just say, oh, no, it's technology. When something works, we call it technology. Before it works, and we have to imagine that we call it magic, you see. So uh, it's kind of like how you have people who are really good manifestors in life who can make things happen. And but we we call them well, lucky, blessed, fortunate, whatever, you know, we give these euphemisms, instead of just coming out and say this person is an amazing magician, or a sorcerer or a manifester or whatever. And when it comes to this subject called, that we often refer to as manifestation, you creating your reality, um, that has sort of been often associated with, 
the new agey way of thinking. And so, if but it, there's always a complement in the world of science and engineering to all of these other concepts that are described in a more uh, abstract way by free thinkers and metaphysicians. So, for example, um, manifestation, or, or let me put it this way, a manifestor in this way of metaphysics would, in the engineering sense, be called something we uh, we use every day, a transducer, a transducer. Here's the definition of a transducer. A transducer is a device that converts energy from one form to another. That's the simplest definition right there, okay? It converts energy from one form to another. Now, technologically, it goes on to say, usually a transducer converts a signal in one form of energy to a signal in another. All right, not a big leap there. Goes on to say, uh, transducers are often employed at the boundaries of automation, measurement, and control systems, where electrical signals are converted to and from other physical quantities. So we're talking about energy, force, torque, light, motion, position, etc. So the process of converting one form of energy to another is known as transduction. And this is very similar, in many ways, to what the ancient alchemists were shooting for. They often called it transmutation, you know, trying to take one type of metal or mineral, maybe something that's worthless, like lead, and turn it into something priceless or, or, or valuable, I should say, like gold, you know. And then that also, of course, extended far beyond the physical into the idea that maybe you can take your physical life and somehow turn that into an immortal life. So they were looking at always this process of how to transmutate or how to transduce one thing into another thing. And what's amazing is that when the alchemists were working on this, um, this almost seemed like some kind of a mysterious, unattainable goal. But again, we do this now to, it, every single day, just to different degrees. So let me use a familiar example for you. You know, I have a background in radio, um, and I'm talking, you know, old, good old-fashioned radio, where you get in your car and you turn on the radio and you, you scan through and you, you know, you, you find your favorite show or you listen to your favorite music station. Um, that is, that whole process is the product of manifestation slash transduction. And so here's basically how that works. Uh, let me just use talk radio as, a, as an example. So in talk radio, uh, you sit there and you speak. And when you speak, that creates a vibration in the air. That's all it is. It's an acoustic vibration in the air. And that vibration goes into the microphone. And the microphone is designed to convert that acoustic vibration into an electrical signal. And that is where the transducer is. And there are different types of transducers that will do that. 
Um, I'll get more into that in a minute. I don't want to be too technical, but uh, you know, often quartz crystal is involved. You need some kind of uh, often a magnets involved. There's some kind of uh, a, ch- a flexible chamber. But basically, the idea is that you convert an, a, a vibration in the air into an electrical signal that corresponds. That's where the little transducer is. Then that electrical signal is sent to an antenna and at that point the signal becomes an electromagnetic pulse which goes blasting out through the air so this is an invisible thing it's like a magical thing that's blasting through the air and then another antenna like the antenna in your car it gets hit by that electromagnetic pulse and then it actually sends that pulse to another transducer uh, that turns that into an electrical signal. And then the electrical signal sends it to another transducer that turns the electrical signal into what it originally was, an acoustic vibration. So you can hear it. So it's, it's just, you know, the process begins with you speaking and that gets turned into a signal and the signal gets turned into a broadcast wave and then the whole thing just reverses and when it reverses it goes back to a broadcast or excuse me goes goes back to a uh, an acoustic vibration and that's why I could be a hundred a thousand miles away whatever but you hear me speaking in your car like some kind of a ghostly voice even though I'm a thousand miles away and with near perfect reproduction. Again, magical, magical if you don't understand the technology behind it. But it was something that could have existed and it did exist and now it does exist. And obviously a very similar process is occurring now with podcasting. So uh, we're not, you know, sending signals the same way through the air but we're we're well i guess we actually are depending on how you're listening (laughs) um but anyway look i don't want to get too technical and lose you on that but that is a very basic example of transduction of manifestation being the ability to control how one form of energy changes into another and then it can change back again So I mentioned that quartz, quartz is one of the most pure, perfect transducers created by Mother Nature. And that's because if you take a piece of quartz and you you squeeze it or pulse it, then it shoots out electricity. Uh, On the other hand, if you apply an electrical charge to quartz, it does the opposite. It vibrates. It produces mechanical energy. So quartz is a beautiful transducer, and really all stones are. Uh, But some are better than others, depending on the crystalline structure. Quartz is a great one. And um, that's why, you know, when I go to places like Brown Mountain, where the Brown Mountain lights are seen, uh, and camp up there, I mean, you'll just find quartz strewn all over the place. And it's always fun at night when you're camping to take a couple of these big chunks of quartz and slam them together and see this big bright green light that comes out of it because you're seeing a big electrical pulse 
and it uh, and it appears green for whatever reason. So I've actually been doing a lot of experiments my whole life with this thing called manifestation or transduction. People have often only associated me with one part or another uh, in the paranormal field, saying, well, this he's an expert in ghosts or in psychic phenomena or in UFOs or, you know, even cryptids. I mean, I've I've lectured on all these topics. I've published on all these topics with big companies. I've been on TV regarding just about all those topics, I guess. And so um, what I can tell you is that my goal has, has always been more about sort of understanding uh, the relationship between matter and energy and how these impossible things like ghosts and UFOs can perhaps materialize and do these things that we can't understand. I'll get back to that in a minute, but I want to tell you that right now I am working on an experiment that is so exciting to me. You know, it's funny because when I've lived a very full life. You know, I'm as you know, I I'm about to uh, next month, you know, I have another birthday and I look back and I look on my life and I think, "Wow, what a full life I've I have done." most of what I wanted to do. Uh, in fact, uh, I tell people, really, don't don't even try buying me a birthday gift or something like that, because I've bought myself everything that I've ever wanted, really. On the other hand, there is a, a new flying car coming out. So, so if you want to buy me a flying car, you're my new best friend. Uh, I actually posted that on my Twitter feed. This one looks like it could work because Volvo is involved. Now, that says something. And it looks oh, it looks amazing. Go to my Twitter feed and click the link to the new flying car. So, you can buy me that. But otherwise, I mean, throughout my life, um, you know, I I've been very uh focused on doing the things that make me happy and excite me, and there are at this point not a lot of things that really get me super excited. I am so excited right now. I mean, and this is genuine. I hope you can hear it in my voice. I am so excited because I am doing two experiments right now. And one of them, I'm almost 100% sure it's going to work. And the other one, I'm like 98% sure it's not going to work. But they're they're both very exciting. One of them is a parasymatics experiment. And this one, you know, and of course, parasymatics is a field that I invented, I guess, last year, uh, taking certain tones and turning them into symbols that could have a magical application. The thing I'm working on with that, oh boy, this is going to be good. This is going to be so exciting. I've mentioned this on some previous podcast. This is a brand new process that I've invented that, if it works, will take any image any image uh not just symbols and you know hieroglyphs and uh sacred texts but any image and convert it into a singular tone and then that tone can be converted into a singular symbol or sigil that represents it uh this is a whole new process and um the one of the critical components has been developed by Mobius. 
So I've been waiting for Mobius to perfect this one critical component. I really needed him for this project to get this one critical component. And once that is done, then I should be good to go. He told me it's done, it's in the mail, and I should have it within days. So I'm really excited about that. And when I, if this thing works the way I think it's going to, I'm not going to tell you exactly how it works for a while. I'm going to be selfish with it. I'm going to let you hear some of the tones and see some of the sigils. And I mean, this is going to be, I'm going to stretch this out as long as I can for years because it's that good. And I'm going to keep the secret of how I do this, but eventually it'll come out. And, uh, but I want to be the first person to surprise you and be like, Listen, here's how Stonehenge sounds. Um, that's the, and, and, I, and you want to be the first person. to. So it's good for you to stick with this podcast and get, get this stuff straight from the source as I go along. This is overlapping, however, with an experiment that I am doing with time travel. That's the one that it's just like... <laughs> The, the idea of even thinking that you could succeed in warping or manipulating time or creating some kind of time travel is so outlandish that it's almost unthinkable. But I'm giving it a shot. You know, I think that that might be one of the reasons that it seems so outlandish because so many people think it's outlandish. Nobody even tries. Well, I'm actually trying. You may have seen some of the images from some of my early experiments. I definitely created some pretty cool looking stuff, but I don't, you know, I have no evidence that I actually succeeded in time travel, but I am keeping at that. So there's an overlap, oddly enough, and one of the the, uh, overlaps involves lasers. And the reason I bring this up is because I have a really cool video I want you to see. Um, Years ago, my great friend Santero David Longley in Puerto Rico, uh, who, who is just uh, an aficionado when it comes to gemstones, asked me if I had any way of attaining a Herkimer diamond for him. And a Herkimer diamond is a, 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 it's actually a quartz crystal that is naturally terminated at both ends so basically what that means is that it has a point on one end and a point on the other and that's natural and it's named after i think herkimer county in new york or something like that where they found a bunch of them but they're very rare especially to find one that is of a good size and uh perfectly proportioned and so i said well yeah sure i'm gonna be i was in puerto rico at the time and i said well i'm gonna be going back to north carolina soon and I have plenty of uh, gemstones at my disposal, so I'll look around and try to find you a Herkimer diamond. Well, so when I went to North Carolina, I started to realize how rare Herkimer, like a good size Herkimer diamond is. Um, I I even got on the internet and I wasn't finding much because he wanted like an egg-sized Herkimer diamond that was really going to look good and well proportioned. So I took this uh, eventually as kind of a challenge because I was like, man, I, I want to find like a really nice Herkimer. So finally I did. I found him this beautiful Herkimer diamond. But in the process, 
I also found myself a beautiful Herkimer diamond. Now, my Herkimer is not as big as Santero Longley's Herkimer is. Uh, his Schwartz is slightly larger than mine, but, but, uh, what I can tell you is that mine is still a very clear, beautiful, well designed by Mother Nature uh, little Herkimer. And I, and I love it, and uh, I actually keep it on display here at my new condo. And so I've been doing experiments with it, and the other night, Lauren and I broke out a couple of laser pointers, and we started shining these lasers at this Herkimer, and my God, it looked like something out of the original Superman the movie with Christopher Reeve. Uh, and we so we we shot a little video of it. Video doesn't capture the effect, but I posted this video, and uh, I'm going to tell you how to watch it here in a minute. It's it's just a few seconds long, I suppose. But I swear to you, there are no special effects involved. This is what it looks like when you shine a couple of lasers at a nice clear Herkimer diamond. It's uh, it's quite striking and startling and I find it kind of amazing um, so it's easy for me to sort of you know get off track here when I'm doing all these experiments but basically what we're talking about here is the idea of taking the non-physical and turning it into something physical or vice versa so that's what the art of manifestation and the science of manifestation is all about. So, when one thing is resonating at a similar rate to another thing, those things encounter each other with some force. And we call that force physical. So, you and the wall next to you are resonating so similarly that you resist each other there's a force there that's why you can't shove your hand through that wall but if the vibration or the frequency of one thing or another were shifted higher or lower enough then suddenly they wouldn't interact anymore so for example if this wall we're resonating at the same frequency as a radio wave, well, now it wouldn't be physical to me, and I could pass my hand right through it. However, um, if you were resonating at the frequency of a radio wave, you couldn't walk through a radio wave. A radio wave would be like a wall to you. And all we're talking about here is the pulse rate, or the vibrational rate, of different things and how those different things interact and encounter each other. Look at how a magnet bridges the gap between physical and non-physical. So, for example, you take a magnet, you look at it in your hand, and it doesn't look like there's anything special going on. You can't feel anything coming from it. You can't smell anything. You can't hear anything. Uh, and yet, you bring it toward certain items and bang! something physical happens so a magnet is a kind of transducer that is able to take some kind of frequency or some kind of energy that we still don't understand don't let any scientist or engineer fool you we still don't understand how magnets work 
they are just as magical to us as they were thousands of years ago. There's something about a magnet that is able to take this, you know, physical energy and connect it into something invisible that's very real and tangible. Magnets are magical things. And what we're talking about is things that sort of bridge that gap, right, between the physical and the non-physical. So throughout my life, when I've been studying ghosts and UFOs and cryptids and psychic stuff, I've not just been studying them from some kind of a limited linear perspective where I'm just thinking, well, um, one day this thing called a ghost pops up in my living room and now, you know, he's bored and he goes on to the... What I'm talking about is, hey, how do things that are usually non-physical become interactive? How do they interface on some kind of a limited basis physically? And so by studying ghosts and UFOs and cryptids and psychic phenomena and all that, those are extreme examples of this, which is why I study them. But I haven't been studying these things just because I'm into the creepy and the ghoulish side of life. That would be kind of silly and immature. There are lots of people out there who just want to study these things because they think, ooh, it's spooky. I want to look dark and mysterious and daring and dangerous, and so that's why I I want to go out and, you know. No, I'm not interested in any of that shit. What I'm interested in is trying to figure out natural transduction, natural transducers, natural manifestation. Now, why? What's the ultimate goal? Well, you like your cell phone? You know, do you like the fact that you can instantly do all these things around the world and communicate and, and you can hear me and listen to to this podcast right now, perhaps through your computer or your cell phone or whatever? Um, yeah, this is cool, isn't it? There are real world applications for understanding transduction. And, and it's no different than Edison sending mineralogist out to caves all over the United States when he was trying to find a filament that would work for the light bulb. So I'm studying all this weird stuff, not just for the hell of it, not just to be an adventurer, not some swashbuckler out there. No, I'm studying it because I'm trying to see if I can learn just one crucial thing that will allow me to produce something beneficial in in your life and in my life and it's an exciting puzzle and I'm not a big puzzle guy but this one is exciting to me and that's because I feel like the idea here is not to focus on how to manifest a ghost or a UFO or whatever the idea is to figure out how you can learn about manifestation in general about how to take your human thoughts and feelings and emotions and use them to shape the reality around you into something that you love and something that makes you happy. That is the goal. That's the goal. If we have to study the things that creep people out in order to possibly get some insight into this, okay, fine, so be it. 
but that's not the point. The point is to figure out how to take your thoughts and transduce them into a positive reality for you. And the wonderful thing is that positive thoughts are more powerful than negative thoughts. Now, yes, you can create a negative world, but guess what happens to negative spaces? They eventually come crashing down. So you're better to focus on the positive because positive force is something that's going to create a boundary that will hold it in place. Negative space is weak, and that's why other forces eventually make it collapse. And so I am in a position, I'm in a very unique position that I am. I love to be in, where I am experimenting with all different kinds of manifestation, whether it has something to do with something creepy or not. And there was a man who uh, contacted me. I, I bought one of his uh, his books, one of his e-books. And uh, he contacted me, and we've been in great communication, and he has a design for something you can make at your house, um, mainly using things you'd probably find in your kitchen to create a manifestation board. Now, of course, a wishing machine, the kind that we offer through joshuapwarren.com, is uh, is a much more complex thing. But he has a very simple type of manifestation board that you can make yourself. Um, and I said, you know, I would like to talk about what you're doing here, but I want to make sure that I get it right. What If you make me a couple of these, you make them and you send them to me and I can experiment with them and play with them then I'll make sure that I know what I'm talking about and I would like to tell my listeners and my audience about what you're doing. And so he sent me a couple of these manifestation boards and so far the results have been quite damn interesting. Um, So I will be uh, sharing that information with you um, probably in the next you know, few days, something like that. Really, really cool, though, that I get to experiment with all these things that people send me. Um, so, look, I could go on and on about manifestation, but I want you to realize there is an art to it because humans are involved. There's something subjective involved, but there's also a scientific angle, an engineering angle, uh, and don't dismiss something because you don't like the terminology that's being used to describe it. Instead, try to find the right terminology that describes it from the perspective that you like. So if you don't like manifestation, if you don't like magic, well fine, talk about transducers and transduction and transmutation or whatever, but um, we have to reach a point where we all sort of realize we're talking about the same thing, we're just using different language. I told you I have this amazing video of a Herkimer diamond. If you go to joshuapwarren.com, joshuapwarren.com, you'll find my Twitter feed there. And I hope that you will um, click that and you'll find this video of me shining 
the laser at the Herkimer Diamond. But there's all kinds of other cool stuff there at joshuapwarren.com. Uh, don't forget, Shelly Wright's Money Potion is only going to be available for uh, a few more days, I think, until Sunday. So if you click the link to my Curiosity Shop, you can still get one of those. There's still uh, at least, I think, five of those left. And then also, of course, my big workshop is coming up in Los Angeles in October. It's like a couple of weeks away. It's more than a workshop. It's an intense training session, and I'm going to be showing things to the audience they've never seen. I'm going to be giving things away I've never given away. That information is there at joshuapwarren.com. If you just scroll to the top, uh, actually, you don't have to scroll anywhere. It's just right there at the top in, in big yellow letters. Um, so check out Shelly Wright's Money Potion, my workshop in Los Angeles. Uh, it's all about wishing machines and radionics and mind machines. But definitely go to my Twitter feed, which is listed there on my website, so you can see this Herkimer Diamond when two lasers are being fired at it. Pretty darn cool. Uh, and of course, this podcast is called Joshua P. Warren Daily. It's always short. It's always free. You can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter, at Joshua P. Warren, at Joshua P. Warren, and I will tweet when a new one is available. So that's it for today. Hey, thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.